Hey, I'm Nicole Renee, and I'm a big believer in the maxim that wellness is wealth. I've spent over half my life teaching people to get truly well, emotionally, physically, mentally, through fitness, self-care, nutrition, and mind-body practice. I absolutely love entrepreneurs as well. Whether you are a secret entrepreneur who has an idea, but you're afraid to go out and implement it and make it a business, or if you already have a business and have taken that big jump and have made your idea into reality. So when I'm not teaching about wellness, I teach entrepreneurs how to actualize their practice in all its myriad ways as the linchpin to creativity, leadership, happiness, confidence, authenticity, which then leads them to a deeper purpose and the courage to go after it. Remember, you can have all the money, people, material things in the world, but if you don't have wellness, you don't have anything. Everything begins and ends with our wellness. You can lose it all and always begin again if you have it. So wellness is the true wealth. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Transcend Through Wellness, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Transcend Through Wellness. And we're going to continue on with the operations series because I'm getting so many phone calls about this one subject. It definitely deserves um, quite a bit of time on the podcast and it applies to everyone who owns a business or wants to own a business. But I especially see this issue in uh, with my yoga, wellness, fitness entrepreneurs and These are entrepreneurs who have opened studios and or are involved in software that services these businesses and or anyone who owns a business where they have a service. It's really for all service-based businesses. I just happen to attract health and wellness type businesses. So what I'm going to talk about today is staffing. And when I'm talking about staffing, I'm talking about a few things. Attracting the right people, right people, right fit, right role, how you write a job description, how you interview, how you hire, all those steps that need to happen. And I think the misconception is that I have to know how to do all these things in order to hire people or be an HR executive or have an HR team that manages this part of my business because I simply have no clue. Um, well, here's the thing. It, it's learnable. It's something that I can teach you. And it really is not that difficult, right? It's just that you need to know the steps, right? And so what I see most of the time is that um, owners get so desperate to have some help that they just put any warm body into a front desk management or sales role or marketing role or whatever. And, or they'll put like an instructor or a friend or a member because they are just so desperate for the help or they have somebody quit unexpectedly. Um, And that's a difficult place to be. And so they're grasping around for anyone who says they can do the job, whether or not they have experience or skill set or desire to do it. And what happens when you do that, when you have that situation, is that you end up putting maybe a person you like into a role that doesn't fit them at all. It's like square peg into round hole. Really? Really, that's what it is. It's like, um, I have a friend, I like this person, I have an instructor, I like this person, I'm desperate, I need this position filled, the person says yes, but they have no experience, nor do they have the skill set, nor do they find they want to actually do this job. 
It's just that they have an ulterior motive. They enjoy teaching there or the member likes taking classes there or your friend just wants to support you, but they absolutely do not want to have an administrative position or they absolutely do not want to sell or they absolutely do not want to manage people or they don't have the skill set or experience. So what happens with that is that you end up frustrated, burnt out with more work on your hands because the person doesn't want, doesn't know how to do these things. The relationship sours. You may lose a friendship over it. You may lose a work relationship over it and ends up being a big mess. And that's when I hear from people. So I'm going to encourage you to be proactive. And instead of do it that way, I want you to hire right people, right fit, right role. How does this begin? This all begins with a job description. Now you might say, Nicole, I don't know how to write a job description. Well, no problem. There's this thing called the internet and you can Google whatever job description you need to hire for and then copy, paste, and edit. So let's say you want to hire a front desk person. You would go on Google and you would search front desk associate, front desk manager, front desk coordinator. And if you want to get more specific, you can do it for your vertical, for yoga, for fitness, for bar, for Pilates, for massage, for acupuncture, for acupressure, for esthetician, for hair, whatever it is your service is. If you don't, just do a generic one and see what kind of job descriptions come up and read through them. And then copy and paste the ones that sound like they would be a good fit for your business that have the wish list of skills you want this person to have. Get a few of them. Copy and paste a few of them. If you have a printer, print them out. If you don't, save them to your desktop. Then the second part will be going through the list of all of that you just downloaded or printed out and Xing out things that you don't need and circling the stuff that you do like. And then you just sort of edit it to make it so that it fits your business, right? Really easy. No reason to reinvent the wheel. We copy paste and we edit. The beauty of this is that you're also going to see hourly pay there. You're going to see perks there. You're going to see hours needed. Um, That's going to help you kind of think about what kind of perks can you offer? What kind of pay can you offer? What kind of hours do you want to start out with, right? It gives you the structure, the framework, so that you're not having to come up with all of this yourself. There's no point to that. You might as well just go and see what's there and then edit. There's there's no infringement or copyright on job descriptions in case you're worried about that. So once you have a few examples, you've copied copied and pasted a few that make sense for you. You've edited it. Maybe you run it across a friend of yours or a coworker and say, is there anything else on the wish list we wish we had for this position? And you get your final draft. It does not need to be perfect. It needs to be good. So good is better than perfect and done is better than perfect, right? So we don't make Um, perfect the enemy of the good. We have to get started with something. So make it good enough, right? I do want to comment a little bit on pay and hours. To some extent, that's going to depend on what you and your business can afford. So you need to do some simple math. Can you afford $15 an hour at 20 hours per week? Can you afford $18 per hour at 15 hours per week? It's just simple math you need to figure out times four weeks. Can the business afford it? 
and then get realistic with yourself that as you make that investment into this person who's going to support your front desk, it's going to free people up to do other things that make money for the business, right? It's an investment. So now you've got hours, you've got pay, you've got job description, you've got perks, right? Now we need to advertise it. Where do I advertise it? Well, online is a good place. So think Craigslist, think indeed.com, which is a job search marketplace where you can post your job. Simply Hired, there's a bunch of them on there. Just Google search the most popular job search places that people look for when they're looking for a job and you'll get a few. Some charge you to post the job, some don't. So just pick a few that seem good and post the job. And then I want you to post it at your place of business. Put it in the window at your front door. Put it in a picture frame at your front desk. Put it on a bulletin board in your community area. Put it in the changing rooms or in the bathroom. Put it where people see it. Why? Because your members and your clients and people who walk by are like, oh my gosh, they're hiring. And then they'll tell people they know. Put it in your email newsletter. Put it on your social media. Put it on your website. We're hiring. Have a careers page if you want. If you don't want to have a careers page, then just put a little call to action or with a good photo in the corner of one of your areas of your website or several areas of your website. Wish you had a career with our business? Guess what? We're hiring for these positions, right? And then do a little link and they can download the PDF, right? So that's where you advertise it. Then you have people email you, right? You need to put your contact information so they can email you or they could call you. Once they're emailing and calling, you need a resume. Do not forget this step. It is not casual. It is formal. It is a formal process. I don't care that you own a yoga studio, a healing arts wellness center where it's all about peace, love, and granola. That's fine. The hiring process is super formal and structured so that you can get right person, right fit, right role. That's what we're aiming for. So you get a resume, you start collecting the resumes, you go through the resumes, you pick your top five. Then you set up a 15 to 20 minute sort of informational interview with your top five people. And this interview is not a regular interview. It is literally a get-to-know-you conversation where you get a sense of the person, a sense of their experience, a sense of their skills, and a sense of how much they want to work for you and why. That's important. We need people who want to work for you. We want people who want to work for you and not the person down the street. Because they are the ones that are going to add to the growth of your business. The why is important. So find out. After the 20-minute interview that's conversational, you'll pick and choose the top three or the top two. And you're going to invite them back for a more formal interview process. You can involve a manager if you want. You can involve your partner. It doesn't matter. Get the decision makers in on the interview. It can be a Zoom call or it can be in person. Again, that doesn't matter. What matters is that it's face-to-face and it's a little more in-depth where you're going to ask formal interview questions and you're going to get the decision makers in on that call. 
Nicole, what are formal interview questions? Guess what? Google is our friend. You can search the top five, the top 10 interview questions to ask a candidate. And then pick and choose the ones that make sense for your business. What's important to you as an owner? What have you learned along the way that's really an important question to ask in the interview process? But believe me, you want 10 interview questions. And pay attention to the answers. Listen. Ask follow-up questions. Let your partner and the manager ask a few questions. Listen to the answers. Jot down notes. Record it if you want so you can listen to it later. And pay attention to how your candidate listens, how they respond, and what questions they have for you. That's a really important thing to ask when you're done with your you know, conversation is say, what questions do you have for us? Because an interested candidate will have a few questions for you about your business, about what you're looking for, your expectations, maybe some details around hours and pay and um, responsibilities and growth opportunities. That's important. A person who asks thoughtful questions at the end of the interview is worth some time uh, digging in and listening a little deeper. It means they're interested, right? So then after the interview is over, you thank them for their time, send them a follow-up email, and then you wait for them to send you a follow-up email that says thanks for your time for the interview, and maybe they'll have another question for you. What that shows you is interest level and commitment level. And I want you to be very clear in the interview about what your expectations are for the role, what you're looking for in a candidate. And don't be vague. Be direct and be clear. Again, this is a formal interview process. While your business might be about transformation, might be about self-esteem and loving yourself and self-care and all of these things that are very, very important to human development and realization and potential, hiring the right person is a formal structured event, okay? That's what it is. It's not touchy-feely. Should you have a sense of liking the person? Sure, you want to like them. Do you need to have them be your best friend? No, that's not the most important quality. Do you need to feel instant chemistry? No, that is not the most important quality. What you do need is a pleasant demeanor. You need to feel like this is somebody you could work with. And more often than not, they need to be trainable. The other thing is, is they need to have the skill set and the experience you're looking for, for the role. I can't say it enough. It's really important. Okay, we got our people. We know who we want. Now we make the job offer, okay? There could be some negotiation on the candidate's part. Maybe they're going to negotiate for a little higher pay, a little more perks, whatever. This is up to you and them, and I can only give you pointers in that it should work for your business. Remember that the business must thrive in order for you to serve your community and for you to pay yourselves and keep it going. So that negotiation has to be a win-win. It can't be a lose-win in favor of the candidate because you really like the candidate and you're really desperate. And it can't be a win-lose where the candidate loses because you just are. 
that last recording cut off, but my statement was, should the person be your best friend? No, they should not be your best friend. They should have the skill set and experience to do what's on the job description. They should be pleasant. You should have a good feeling about them, but it is not important that you are you know, have chemistry with them or that you like them, that they're a friend of a friend or that they're your best friend or a family member. None of that's important and usually gets in the way of making a good decision. Okay. So we've, we've figured out, you know, who these people are. We've we've done the interview questions. We've looked at resumes. You've called their references. You absolutely need to call their references. I'm going to say it again. You absolutely need to call their references. Why? Because you need to know how it worked out with other employers and whether they're telling the truth. Because why should you hire and spend all this time training and get this person in your business where they could potentially cause damage to your business and to people around you if you don't know what kind of person you're hiring? Like this is doing homework up front so that you get a long-term solution to your issue, right? And and it adds to the growth of the business as opposed to detracts or damages the business. Do not skip this step. It's like one of the number one mistakes I see. Check their references. I want you to call at least two employers in a personal reference and make sure that you're getting the kind of person you want, the kind of person that can not only do the job, but kind of upholds your value system, your mission, and everything you've worked for in order to build this business, right? I mean, this, in the, in the end, like when you hire, it's the, it's a high level of self-care, right? It's a high level of valuing yourself. It's a high level of valuing the business that you built, right? And so why would you not spend the time to make sure you have right person right fit, right role, and that they're everything they say they're going to be, right? So I hope I've made that part clear. Be sure to check their references. Now you may now is the time where you're going to offer them the job, right? There's a couple of people maybe that you're going to make the job offer to. You've decided it's good. You've maybe talked to a manager about it. Maybe you have a business partner or somebody that you need to also get in on the conversation. If you need to have a second interview where you ask some final follow-up questions, that's fine too. But really you're getting to this place where you're going to make a job offer. And again, this is another question I get asked. How how do I make a job offer? Well, you simply send them a job offer. You write the job description, write the role, write the responsibilities, and you have all of that in the job description. You attach a contract. Yes, you attach a contract that spells out basically expectations and consequences and at will employment. They're contractors. It's really important to have that in writing and they know what they're agreeing to. They know what their rights are. You know what your rights are. And then maybe you want to also attach a checklist of, you know, roles, responsibilities, and sort of policies of your business. An example would be, uh, I allow for one, you know, late situation where you call or email and you're supposed to be here for a shift and you're late, you know, by 10 minutes, you know, you get one hall pass for that. And if you're late again, especially without X amount of notice or without finding somebody to sub your position, then this is the consequence for that 
right? So you're going to have those kinds of policies in there, like your boundaries in there that preserve the business, that preserve the client experience, that preserve everything you built. And you might have some really positive stuff in there. After 90 days, we're going to have a review. We're going to go over everything. You're going to have a chance to ask questions. And at that time, you may qualify for a raise and a potential growth opportunity, right? Or you might get extra perks at that time. Or in the policies, you may say, as a contractor here, you qualify for four free classes a month. This is when they take place. This is when you can use your free classes. Or you might say, I give all contractors free guest passes. You get two a month and you can give them to anybody who's local to the to the environment or in, to our city. Or maybe you don't care if they're local or not. But basically, you're sort of writing out the policies, the expectations, the consequences. Let's just call them the agreements, that we're coming to an agreement about how it works at my business and how it works for you so that we're on the same page and nobody's confused. We've got clarity and you're going to ask them to review everything and come back to you by a certain time frame with a decision and the signed documents, right? Most people will need to review. We'll need at least a day or two to review everything. Think about it, make a decision. So give them a time frame and then, you know, be available for questions. So let's say that they send it all back. They've agreed to everything. They've signed your contract. They've signed your list of agreements. They agree to the role and the responsibilities. They have their copies. Fantastic. Now it's setting up first day and the schedule and who's going to train them, right? So that's a whole other podcast. How do you train a new person? And I'll give you the cliff notes. You need a training manual, right? It, and it shouldn't be online. I mean, if you want it to be online, fine, have an online version. Most people would like a tangible copy to flip through when they're at the front desk and they have a question. So whatever is online, please make a printable version and put it in a binder or something with your branding and have it separated by tabs that talk about, you know, running the studio, roles and responsibilities, maybe some software questions, all the help numbers that they might need, including your own or including emergency or including the fire department. Think of what everything somebody needs to know if they're sitting at the front desk. If you need help with that part, then engage your manager, engage some instructors, ask them, what are the things you wish you had here at the front desk that you've had questions about and you wish you had a resource for? There's no reason to do this by yourself. You have people there, you can ask them so that you can create the wish, the wish list of a training manual. And then again, you do not have to do a training manual yourself. You can hire people to write your training manual. You can hire people to assemble it. You can hire people for branding and for all of those things. There are resources for that. Where do you look? You look online. Hiring a writer for a training manual. You can go to upwork.com where you hire contractors for the projects you have. I had my entire website done by people on Upwork. Um, I also hired a branding agency and a website design company. Did I have input? Absolutely. But they took all that work off my hands because I am not an expert in that. And if you're not an expert and don't enjoy writing training manuals or don't have a manager that enjoys doing that, then that might be something that you delegate. But it's a very important thing to have when you're training somebody new. So that is 
kind of the entire global high level of how to hire right staff, right fit, right role, and how you do it in a way that's going to give you a better experience of getting somebody in the position who can actually do the work you need them to do so that your workload is lifted, you have more freedom, you're not micromanaging anybody, and you can focus on the things that you want to focus on, whatever that might be as the entrepreneur, as the owner. And that's what being an owner is all about. It's getting the freedom to focus on the things you want to do in your business, right? And that's, I'm not talking about the first few months where, you know, you're doing everything because you're getting a business off the ground. I'm talking about, you know, six to 12 months in, it's like, all right, let's start delegating. Let's start putting some processes in place. Let's get some support people in here so that I'm not doing the accounting, the marketing, the sales, the management, folding towels, right? Cleaning. These are not things that an owner should be doing six months after, you know, opening a business. So I hope that gives you some hope. I hope that gives you some strategy. I hope that gives you some process. And as always, I'm available for coaching. I have two coaching programs that are listed on my website on my moments.com scheduler, which is listed on my website. You simply go through the contact area on my website and it'll take you right to my moments software system where you can purchase my coaching programs there's two to choose from one is more in depth that they're both three months and offers two consults a month for three months they're an hour long the other one is a definitely more of a deep dive it's like having me as your partner and it's four consults a month there's unlimited marco polo which is a video chat for questions and during my office hours where i respond back to you for any question you have you also have free access to my very successful profitable studio method online course which is chock full of strategy best practices, excuse me, and real life testimonials of people I've helped. And I've worked with pretty much everyone. So they're both really incredible packages. They're three months long and they're game changing. After you go through them, your business will not be the same. You will not be the same. And you will walk out of it, come out of it with this sense of, wow, I didn't know that owning a business could be this um, enjoyable, pleasurable, that I could have this much freedom and make this much money doing the things that I want to do in the business. And so that's what I want to empower you with. So you can go to my website. It is NicoleChateau.com. You can follow me at Transcend Through Wellness on Instagram. I'm there a lot. You can always DM me with any kind of questions. You can email me and everything is listed on my website as mentioned and my programs are all there too as well as your way to book with me so i encourage you to get on it let's get going let's get some staff in place so you can get the freedom you deserve i look forward to talking to you next week so stay tuned and share this podcast with anybody you think who might need to hear it okay take care and have a beautiful day Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so glad you're here. I hope the content resonated with you, that you felt inspired, motivated, and supported. If you feel like it would help someone you know, then send it on over to them. You can share it on social media, email it to them, or text it, and even better, leave me a review. 
I love reading all the comments. I love looking at the ratings because it helps me create more content that will truly help you. That's the intention in which I created Transcend Through Wellness, the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Transcend Through Wellness and send me a DM if you want to chat. I look forward to uh, checking in with you next week. And until then, remember wellness is the true wealth. Get out there and have a beautiful, beautiful day.